thank you. Uh, we thank you for fun and laughter. We thank you for a time where we can gather back again together as your people. And now as we open up our hearts to your word, uh, I pray that you would speak into our lives. God, we want to please you with our lives. We want our lives to change. So speak into what we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it is good to be back with you guys again this morning for Faces Here, for those that are joining us online. We've had a couple of weeks of uh, online-only services, so it is good to have you guys back. Happy New Year. And just like that, we turn the page on 2020, never to live that thing again. I, yes, yes, that, that is worth clapping, yes. Yeah, uh, 2020, um, it was a year of distractions and and adjusting our lives and letting go of, of goals or, or plans that we had last year. That, last year was hard. It was unprecedented. That was kind of the, the word of the year last year. And so for me, as I look at this new year, uh, this new year is unlike anything else that we've ever experienced. I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like there's, there's more anticipation for life to actually change and, go, and there's a hope to go back uh, to normal again. For, for making up for some of the lost time or, or, or making up for some of the goals that they got cut short there in March. Uh, for a lot of reasons, the start of this year feels a lot more expectant for change for me. And maybe that's what brought you here this morning. Maybe you are looking for your life to get back to normal. You're looking for some change to take place in your life, but you're not really sure where to start. Well, this series is going to allow us to take a look at five important areas in our lives. This morning, we're going to talk about what does it look like to grow in our relationship with God, to, to really get an, an understanding or evaluating where we currently are in our relationship with God, and then how do we grow that? How do we get from here to there? We're going to look at some other relationships, relationship with our spouses, uh, relationship with our kids, our, our influence with our friends, and then we're going to close off by talking about what's our relationship with money look like? And God speaks into all of these areas of our lives, these critically important areas of our lives. And so we're going to spend the next five weeks talking about how do we grow in what matters most. Now, there's a famous story about um, Vince Lombardi, the, the legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers. And, and they had lost the previous championship uh, by squandering a late lead in the fourth quarter. So the next training cap, camp in the summer, as he's gathering back uh, his team again. Uh, th they were so close to winning that previous year that the guys just thought that, okay, he's going to hone in and just add a few more wrinkles into our offense, or he's going to add a new play in there, or he's going to do something just to barely get us up to that next level, because we were so close last year. But instead, he started that training camp and every other training camp after that by holding up a football and saying, gentlemen, this is a football. He's talking to these uh, professional athletes, but he started from scratch. He assumed that they were a blank slate and that they knew nothing. He reviewed the fundamentals of blocking and tackling and, and catching and running, and that team would go on to be one of the best ever in NFL history. And it was because instead of moving forward, he said, we're going to focus in on the fundamentals. It's this idea that if you're going to be successful at anything, you, you never outgrow the basics. The, the very fundamentals are what you have to focus your attention on. And what made Lombardi such a great coach was, because, was the fact that he never went beyond the basics. See, our tendency as, as people is to try to move on to the next best thing. 
But the best way to see lasting change in our lives is to get back to the basics. And that definitely applies in our relationship with God, in our pursuit of God. Whether you are here and you've been pursuing God for years, or you are here and tuning on this morning to try to figure out for the first time what faith looks like in your life. The, the key to growth in our relationship with God is keying in on the fundamentals. Uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus was asked a very interesting question. Uh, one of the, the leaders of the day, one of the teachers around them came and asked him this question, which of the commandments is the most important? And it was a bit of a trick question because by this point, the, the Pharisees and the teachers had uh, a, a list of about 600 commandments that they were having people try to chase after to prove their love for God. And I think to this day, it's a human tendency of ours that we want to overcomplicate what a relationship with God looks like. But Jesus cuts through all of the complexities and he simplifies it down to a simple sentence. It was his kind of, gentlemen, this is a football kind of speech. And in Mark 12, he says it this way. He says, the most important commandment, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's it. Jesus made it super simple for us to understand how we deal with God. He took hundreds of laws that had been accumulated over thousands of years, and he boiled it down to one sentence. Here's what, here's what real life with a real God looks like. Love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. It, it's not about rules and regulations. It, it's not about, about liturgies. He strips all of that away, and he says that the Christian life at its core comes down to a relationship with God. It's not rules. So now here's the question for us. If Jesus said that, that loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength is the most important thing that we can do, then it makes sense for us to spend a little bit of time trying to figure out what does it mean to love God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength? How do I grow in that way? So that's what we're going to do this morning. As we begin this new year, we're going to evaluate how our relationship with God really is. We're going to use this great commandment as a tool. And we're going to break down those four dimensions of love and say, what does it look like for me? How is my current relationship with God, and how can I grow in that? So we're going to kick off by saying, what does it mean to love God with my heart? What does it mean when Jesus says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart? For some, when you hear that, you immediately think, I, I know. I mean, it's kind of guilt-ridden. You feel like, I just got to try harder. I, I got to do more, give more, read more, pray more. And you think, I just got to gut it out. I got to love him with my heart. Or maybe you think, you know what, there are some areas in my life that I need to clean up. I, I need to stop drinking. I need to, to stop sleeping with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with those things, and there may be some changes in your life that you need to make, but the Christian life, the Christian faith, is not about do's and don'ts. It's about building a relationship with a God that is constantly pursuing us and asking us to pursue him. Throughout the Old Testament, the, the nation of Israel would go through these predictable cycles where they would begin to turn their back on God and they would drift away from him. And then God would send prophets to bring them back to him, to remind them of his love for them and to call them back into a relationship with him. One time he brings, he uses the, the prophet Ezekiel 
to, to try to draw them back into a relationship. This is what Ezekiel tells them, what God says through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. Loving God with all of our hearts means that, that we chase after him as our first priority. That while we may not have the, the physical idols and the statues that, that they had back then, that there are still some things in our lives that distract us, that, that draw us away, that lure us away from pursuing God first. And I think it's easy to identify some of the big idols, greed or sex or power or addictions. But I'd say the more subtle and the more dangerous ones are the good things in our lives that become ultimate things in our lives. And they, and they crowd out God and they get our first attention and they get our first priority. Let me give a few questions for us to consider, to evaluate our lives and say, are there some idols in my life that are drawing me away from pursuing God? If you were to look at your life, what would you say that you are most emotionally attached to? What is the thing in your life that if it were taken out of your life creates the most anxiety for you? What do you daydream about? Where does your mind naturally drift when you have a, a, a couple free moments? Where do you pour your money and your time into? Our spending habits and our calendars often will dictate or show what is truly most important in our lives. You see, our, our kids, our careers, our, our comfort, our, our sports teams, our, our financial security, these good things, these blessings that came from God can go from being a good thing to be an ultimate thing in our lives and they can become an idol and they can distract us and they can draw us away from pursuing God first in our lives. We need to be mindful of some of the good things that God put in our lives. Have we closed our hands around them and said, no, these are mine? Ezekiel goes on and he says, I will give you a new heart. God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, when you became a Christian, there was a heart transplant that happened in your life, whether you realize it or not. See, we, we were all born with a heart of stone. A, a, sto a, a heart of stone is one that, that is full of sin, that's full of just self-centeredness. It, it's a heart that says, you know what, I, I'm gonna look out for me first. I'm gonna pursue my interests first before God's. But when we placed our faith in Christ, God replaces our self-centered, selfish, me-first heart of stone with a heart of flesh. It's a heart that has new desires, new cravings. It's a heart that longs for the things of God. It's a heart that wants to put God first in our lives. It's a heart that thinks less of ourselves and more of the people around us. So what's the current condition of your heart? Here's a question for us to, to ask regarding, do I love God with all my heart? Do, do I want more of God's presence in my life? It, is there a longing? Is there a desire to spend more and more time with God? This has been a really tough year, and it's been filled with hardship and loss and hurt and cynicism and division. And so maybe you're here this morning, and if you're honest, you'd say that the condition of your heart right now, and you don't really know why, it's that, that you feel kind of hardened. 
and calloused towards the things of God. You wouldn't say that, that your heart is tender. And I think that's what God's asking. He's saying, Nate, if you're going to love me with all your heart, that you need to have a tenderness towards the things of, of God. Tenderness like a, a fresh bruise is tender. That, that loving God with our hearts means that our hearts are filled with gratitude for his grace. That, that we rejoice in the things that he rejoices in, and our hearts break for the things that break his heart. So how's your heart doing? Is it tender towards the things of God? Do you want to spend more and more time with him or do you feel like your, your faith has kind of cooled off a little bit? The next way that we love God is with all of our soul. Uh, scripture defines or, or describes the human soul as the very essence of a person. It, it's, it's our life. It's the sum of your body and your feelings and your mind and your will and your relationship and yet somehow it's more than the sum of those parts. That, that our soul is tantamount to our life. Uh, one of my favorite verses is found in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I, I love the description of God here, that, that God is, is a kind of God that cares for our souls. Many of us are here on this morning and, and our souls are weary. Life has been hard and we are relationally weary. Maybe a, a friendship or a marriage is strained right now. We're emotionally weary. We're mentally weary. We're, we're tired of things just always changing. As soon as we make a decision and have a, a path forward, then the, the, the deck gets reshuffled again. We're, we're physically weary. And if you were honest, you'd say, you know what, my soul is running on empty right now. And into that weariness, Jesus invites us to come to him, to come to him for rest. God's goal is to lead us to a place of deep contentment. Not necessarily comfort, but contentment, a place of peace and rest and joy that, that comes from knowing that our God is in control and that I can trust him in whatever the circumstance. So if you want to know, if you want to evaluate the condition of your soul, ask this question. Am I content with God's provision in my life? Do, do I truly trust in God's wisdom, in God's timing, in God's sovereignty for the ways that he is providing in my life? I think it's true that we, we try to pretend as much as we can that, that we are the ones that are in control of our lives, that, that our life is under our control based on our actions. But we know that it all, all it takes is a single moment to, to shatter that illusion of control in our lives. The relationship ends. The, the car breaks down and you don't know how you're, you're, you're gonna make ends meet. The, the recession hits, the job gets cut, someone betrays you. There was a relationship that you were banking on and suddenly it disappears. The lab results come back positive. You see, it, it's when life gets out of our control that we get a glimpse of the state of our souls. And if we are running on empty, if our souls are weary, we worry. We grow anxious. We, we scramble around looking for options on how, how we can fix this thing. We get angry. We lose our patience. We grow discouraged. And maybe some of you are here this morning and you've, you've given up. 
But when we love God with all of our souls, it means that no matter what the circumstance holds, I will continue to trust that that my soul, my very life is in the hands of the God that created me and that saved me and I can be content and I can rest that that is enough. I may or may not succeed in school. I may or may not get that promotion. I I might remain healthy for a number of years or my health might deteriorate. I I may find myself married someday or I may remain single. My friends may remain faithful or they may not. My, My finances may remain stable or they may not. Loving God with all my soul means that no matter what does or does not happen in my life, that my hope, that that my confidence, that my contentment in this life is anchored in a relationship with a sovereign God. So we love God with all our hearts and with all our souls. And now Jesus is going to turn his attention to what does it mean to love our God with all of our minds? God's goal for your life and my life can be summed up by saying he wants to transform our lives to look more and more like Jesus. And that begins with what happens in our heads. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If you, don't, if you just read the, the, the first half of, of this uh, verse, you would think that God only cares about changing our behavior. But all God really cares about is Don't do that. Put that down. Spit that out. If it feels good, quit. But there's a comma. You see, God doesn't, God knows the the, the lasting change in our behavior begins with what happens between our ears. He says, let God transform you. How? By changing the way you think. Willpower alone isn't going to change your life. The beginning of lasting change, the, the starting point is not changing your behavior, it's letting God transform the way that you think. That, that transformed thinking over time leads to a transformed life. If we wanna love God with all our minds, then we need to pay attention to what we're thinking about. Our minds in a lot of ways are like sponges, that whatever we immerse our minds in is what they'll be full of. And yet so often what we put in our minds we do so thoughtlessly carelessly but but then we expect them to work in such a way to to lead us to this flourishing life to love and peace and joy and truth but it doesn't work that way so often we, we fill our minds with junk and then we're surprised that we don't see a transformed life at the end of our days so here's a diagnostic question for us to ask if we want to know if we're loving God with all our mind, he says, it's, do I regularly feed on the Bible? Do I regularly consume it? Bring it in, obey what it says. When I take in the Bible, when I feed on it, it, it renews me, it, it refreshes me, it energizes me and resets my life in ways that nothing else really can. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us is his word, and yet so often we treat it as if it's this burden to carry through life. What's the minimum that I can read it and God not be mad at me? The point is not for you to just get knowledge. The point is not for you to get extra credit with God or to try to pass the entrance exam into heaven. 
The reason why God gave us his word is so that we can begin to think the thoughts of God as I walk through this life. And that's what will change a life. Regularly consuming and feeding on and applying scripture in our lives is the single most indispensable tool that you have for the changed life that you want. You learn how to be a better friend, a better spouse, a better parent. You learn how to control your anger. You learn how to actually resolve conflict when you feed on it and apply it. And it's one of those things where what we need to recognize is that it's not just a Sunday morning thing. And if that's currently all that you're, that, that you're currently consuming scripture, that, that's a good place to start, but that's not gonna change your life. Daily, we need to study it and meditate on it and pray about it and apply it to real life circumstances. Jesus said that, that people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The point that he was making is, is that in the same way that, that physical food is what sustains our life, that, that when we feed on scripture, when we feed on the word, that is what sustains our souls and our minds. And just like you, you can't eat once a week and expect that you will have this flourishing, healthy life, we simply can't expect our minds to be healthy in their love for God unless we daily feed on God's word. And I know for a lot of folks trying to make your way through scripture, it's a very intimidating thing. Like, where do I start if you're not quite used to it yet? So what we've done is we've put together a reading plan for you to, to make your way through the book of Proverbs over the next couple of months. Um, you can grab one of these out in the, in the lobby or you can uh, hop online and download it there as well. But what this will do is it'll give you a, a structure on how to spend some daily time with God, 15 minutes or so. You'll read about a half a chapter out of the book of Proverbs, and you'll ask a couple of questions about what do I learn about God or about myself, and how can I change some actions today? And if you will begin to take this in daily, to feed on God's word daily, and to apply it to your real life, you will find that your thoughts change. And a transformed mind will lead to a transformed life as we begin to apply scripture to it. So we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with our mind, and lastly, with all of our strength. This is where our love turns into a verb. I love how John says it in 1 John 3. He says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our love for God is to be transformed into action that people can see. In the ways that we love others, in the ways that we uh, spend our time and our money our love for God should be evident to the watching world. It should transform into actions. So here's the last question for us to consider in our uh, evaluating how we are with God. Am I using my resources and my abilities for God's mission? When Jesus said that we are to love God with all of our strength, he was literally saying we are to love him with the things that make us strong, with the things that come easy to us. We are to love him with our accomplishments, uh, with our influence, with the, the tangible capacities that God has put into our lives. I, I think a real practical way of thinking about evaluating, do I love God with all of my strength, is to ask a question, what am I good at? What, what would I look at or what would other people look in my life and say, you know, that, that's a strength of yours. What comes easily to you? What, what are you capable of doing? What, what are some unique capabilities that God has put in your life? In Ephesians 2, we're reminded that God created us and that he gifted us 
uniquely to do good works that he had prepared in advance for us. So that means those things that come easy in your life, those strengths, those talents, those gifts, they have been placed in your life for a purpose, to, to love others and to further God's kingdom in this world. We love God with all of our strength when we choose to see those strengths and to actually employ them for God's good. We love him by using the money that he has given us for his glory. We love him by raising kids that follow after him. We, we love him with our relationships. We, we love him with our ability to throw awesome parties when that's allowed again. We, we love him with our ability to, to paint or to write or, or to sew. We, we love him with the influence that we have in our workplace. You love him with the talents that you possess. To, to fix a car, to, to repair some, something at somebody's house. You love him with the gift that you have of teaching, with the gift that you have of serving. You, you love him with your strength when you employ that ability to look into somebody's life and to speak an encouraging word into their life. Make your love for God a verb. Make it evident. Make it visible. That's what it means to love God with all of our strength. So as we start off this new year, let us take a, take a deep dive, an honest evaluation of where we currently stand in our relationship with God by asking these questions. Do I want more of God's presence in my life? I, honestly, do, is that something that I am creating my life or are there other things that have kind of crowded out my priorities? Am I content with God's provision? That no matter what happens in my life, that I can be content in my relationship with a God that's wiser and that's sovereign and that's in control of this world. How do, how's my intake of scripture? Do I see that as a burden or do I see that as this blessing from God that when I read it and apply it, that it leads to a changed life? And then lastly, am I using my resources, my abilities to further God's mission? Am I sitting on the sidelines and allowing others to, to, to show their love for God? Or can I get into the game, get in the flow and use the gifts, the talents, the abilities and the influence to make a difference in this world around me? May this be a year as we started off where we are intentional in growing our relationship with God by just getting back to the basics of knowing what it means to love him with our heart, soul, mind and strength. Let me pray for us. Father, we are, again, so thankful. Thankful for the reminder that it's not rules or, or regulations that you call us to jump through a bunch of hoops, but what you want is a relationship with us. A relationship where you are pursuing us and that we with our lives are pursuing you. God, I, I just pray that as we start off this new year, I know last year, it was a tough one. And I think we, a lot of us have come into 2021 and we are bone weary. But you invite us to come to you, to bring that weariness, that you give us rest, that you give us guidance on how it is that we can flourish in our relationship with you. God, we long for that. We need that in our lives. So I, I just pray for us as we go about our days that you would bring to mind maybe perhaps one of these four areas that we can focus our attention on just for a little bit 
so that we can grow in our love for